The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. We are going to talk about COVID and vaccine mandates today, and we are going to do it without talking about Sage Steel. I, I just get this impression that there are still too many moving pieces to that story to really dive into it right now, maybe next week. But for this week, uh, Brandon Kravitz will join me to talk about his piece about our audiences being over COVID conversations. I will also talk to Andy Mazur about calling rivalry games and uh, one rivalry game that had playoff implications, the AL wildcard game. That is all coming up. But first, Urban Meyer, don't get confused by the fact that he is still on the sidelines and maybe he's not as you are hearing this but don't get confused by the fact that he was not immediately fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars that team that town is over him his time is done there and I can tell just by listening to the Jaguars flagship station I want to play for you a clip from 1010XL down in Jacksonville. This is from their midday show called XL Primetime. This guy's name is Matt Hayes. He made it about the Jaguars, and he forced it into the mainstream conversation because of how he holds himself. Look, I'm a sinner. I'm broken like everybody else in the world, or most people in the world, okay? But I don't teach a class on character and leadership at Ohio State. I haven't written a book on character and accountability and responsibility. I haven't preached to Jaguars players about living well off the field and how it translates to how you play on the field. I haven't preached about wanting the top 1% of 1% as members of this franchise. Now, why is that significant? Well, I will tell you, remember, one of the first controversies, I guess, that Urban Meyer ran into down in Jacksonville was trying to hire Chris Doyle as the team's assistant strength coach. This is a dude that black players at the University of Iowa said was unapologetically and openly racist the entire time he served as Iowa strength coach. Urban Meyer wanted to hire him simply because Urban Meyer is not used to being told he cannot do what he wants to do, so he went out and hired him. On 1010XL, on their afternoon show, Frank Frangie said that he thinks that if Urban Meyer thought Chris Doyle was a good guy, he must not have known what was going on at Iowa, and everybody on the show nodded in agreement. Everybody blindly agreed that that must be the case. When the flagship station turns on you, as a coach, as a franchise, your days are numbered. This is not exclusive to Jacksonville. This is not exclusive to 1010XL. This is, however, a symptom that starts to show the cracks when you are in a market the size of Jacksonville. I watched it happen here in Raleigh, where I live, with the Carolina Hurricanes. We have watched it happen all over the place. Like, there is no sport that has more single franchise towns than the NBA. We watch it all the time. Uh, look at Oklahoma City when they fell out of love with Scotty Brooks. There is a real value placed on being the flagship of a team when you are in a mid-sized market to the point that sometimes hosts are either explicitly told or feel like they have to hold back their criticism a little bit. When you start hearing clips like that one from Matt Hayes, you know the days are numbered. Urban Meyer may not be a media story necessarily, but you can tell by the local media exactly what way this thing is going. 
So you guys don't know this because you are not privy to the off-air and off-website uh, conversations that I have with the writers here at BSM. But just a few weeks ago, I told Brandon Kravitz that I wanted more unfiltered Brandon uh, in what he wrote. And this week, the piece he wrote about uh, feeling like the COVID talk is over, the vaccine talk has sort of, our listeners have hit a wall with that. I texted him immediately and said, I disagree with you completely, but that is the unfiltered Brandon that I wanted way to go. So I figured, Brandon, it was appropriate for us to have the conversation on the podcast this week. Which is perfect because when you sent me that, I figured at some point we'd have a follow-up discussion because I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. As I respect your opinion as to what you disagree with with what I said. I got the kind of reaction online that I thought it would where it was a mixed bag. You've got yeah. hosts out there that said, what do you want us to do? This is the news. We talk about the news. And we then got people like Sean Salisbury, who's on uh, the Houston radio station over there who said, you're exactly right. Talk about it when it's news and then get right off of it because our, our listeners are tired of hearing about it. When you initially said, I disagree, I, I just had to hear why. I, I look at like, you know, you're in a position that I think is really interesting. You are in Orlando, a team with, or a, a town with one pro team, possibly the worst team in its particular league. And any sort of success is going to depend on a guy that does not want to get the vaccine and is willing to miss games because of it. How is that not the talking point about the Magic right now? Uh, well, he's, you know, here's the thing. For that day, or, or maybe even the next two days after that became a story, yeah, it's unavoidable. I think it's about knowing when to get off of it. You know, my point in writing the article wasn't about avoiding this news altogether. Mm -hmm. I, sa I even said that uh, in, in one of the sentences in there, it would be irresponsible to ignore these stories. We have opinions. You don't want to be the talent with your head buried in the sand. That's not going to gain you any credibility with your audience. I think for me, it's more about when you can get off of it, get off of it entirely and avoid it completely unless you are pigeonholed into a situation like you just said. Home of the Orlando Magic, we carry their games. And Jonathan Isaac doesn't want to get vaccinated. And on top of it, Dimitri, the day before, or when we found out, the next day it was Magic Media Day. Mm -hmm. So I was out at the Amway Center interviewing coaches, players, executives, 24 hours after the news came out. So I'm somebody that says, as I wrote in this article, avoid COVID talk. Your listeners are tired of it. But I couldn't avoid it on that day. This oversaturation where sports talk hosts have become analysts that are beyond their scope of expertise, yep. of why they got in the industry to begin with. And at some point, you need to be the comfort food that your listeners are seeking out. I think sort of what I objected to a little bit, because everything, like, here's the thing. Everything you are saying, I agree with. I do think our listeners are a little bit sick of it. I think there is a particular class of hosts and this could be about their political beliefs it also could be about just not wanting to have hard conversations that are going to use my listeners are sick of this as an excuse to never talk about uh issues of vaccination or the virus even when it is just kicking them in the face that this is local news today sure and i think that there are those that uh, a lot of which come from the newspaper industry where you have to cover the news that is mm -hmm. what you are covering in sports talk radio i think it's more of a blend and especially now we're talking about having this conversation that you and i are having takes on a different context in october 
than it would in May and certainly May of 2020 when we're on the air and all we can talk about is COVID and things shutting down around us, no sports going on whatsoever. We're in a different landscape right now. I don't think that you need to hyper-focus on COVID and the vaccines, especially when everybody out there is is consuming some form of news other than it's not like your sports talk right. radio station whatever your favorite is is the only news you consume you're watching cnn fox news msnbc your local news stations uh you're on facebook facebook has a button now you can hit that shows you news we've always been the something else and i think because we're experiencing something now as a society that every single person is going for through. It doesn't matter if you work in the grocery business or mm-hmm. the sports business. One of the biggest topics of, of conversation with your coworkers, with your family, with your industry is COVID. At some point, the people that turn us on need a break. So I'm going to ask for your opinion on something here, because this is this is something that I think all of us that cover sports know is out there. The uh, SEC, the Big Ten, the NFL, and I'm sure there are other leagues, but those are the three that I distinctly remember seeing, have said, if your team has COVID issues to the point that you cannot field a roster to play a game, you will be forfeiting. Like, well, we're not going to be doing the schedule dance that we were willing to do last year. If and when that comes up, what does the conversation sound like the next day? Because obviously it's a sports story, but at the same time, I don't know how you talk about that without sharing your opinion about where we are right now. Well, and that's where I think this, my opinion on this has changed over the last year, because if we had this conversation in 2020, I would be far more on the side of now's the time to talk about real life issues because Mm -hmm. this is also unique. It's unprecedented. The vaccine to me is what changes the conversation and takes it from something that we're just talking about. We can just talk about what's going on while being opinionated without showing our political leanings and things of that nature with the vaccine. It's impossible because it's impossible to have that conversation and really have a hard opinionated discussion about vaccinations without saying exactly where you stand sure. on what you think other people should be doing with what is at the end of the day, either a personal choice or a choice that a business makes as to whether or not they want to mandate it. So on Saturday, if you're listening to this on Friday, when the episode drops, you will have seen Yankees and Red Sox in the AL wildcard game. At the beginning of the week, you will see Red River uh, on Saturday, also Auburn, Georgia on Saturday. Forgot about that one as well. Andy Mazur wrote about calling rivalry games because it is a very particular needle to thread uh, when it comes to being the national broadcaster in that particular situation. Andy, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the AL wildcard game and and that particular broadcast in just a moment, but... I do want to talk to you about that column because you hit on something that I think is so important to understand is you have to serve three different audiences when you are the national broadcaster calling that game. Yeah, because obviously uh, you're going to have fans of both teams that are tuning in and they're going to expect to uh, to hear something new because otherwise it's a duh. I knew that already <laughs> right. moment. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't give a lot of credibility to the to the people that are broadcasting the game. But then there's that third audience that's there because okay maybe their best friend is watching the game and they could really care less about either team Mm -hmm. but in those cases you know you've got an extra job to to kind of keep these people engaged 
you know, these network uh, games really depend on not only the broadcasters doing their homework, but they really depend on the production staff. They really, really rely on a good producer who can go through and dig up something that maybe nobody else had before. Maybe this kid played little league baseball. They're, they're quarterbacks together uh, on opposing teams, but they played little league baseball together. They lived down the street from one another. Then their the dad got relocated. I mean, something to keep me interested in other than the fact that, Oh, this is the, the iron bowl. I mean, yeah. Okay. I know that. Well, and it's also, you got to keep giving me something new, right? Like I don't need to see ESPN put the photos of teenage Aaron judge decked out in Red Sox gear anymore. I've seen yeah, it a million times. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth. I mean, because, you know, we all go back to that because, you know, the old saying in radio and, and TV is, you, you know, you never know, you never expect anybody to be watching the entire game. You know, you never know right. they're going to check in. Uh, it, it could be a, a dumb moment to you and I, but it might be very new to, to somebody else who's tuning in. So you, you have to watch that because you can't shy away from showing that because there probably is somebody in the audience that hasn't seen it, yep. doesn't know. But I would say err on the side of, Probably if you're doing an, uh, a game between the Yankees and the Red Sox, probably people know about that. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the Yankees and the Red Sox on Tuesday night. First of all, uh, great news for Major League Baseball and ESPN, the most watched baseball game on ESPN of the century, right? And the game wasn't particularly back and forth in, in any way. So here's what you end up with. A lot of people watch the game and coming out the talking point is almost exclusively about how bad the broadcast was. Uh, almost exclusively, and I, I was telling one of our writers this, um, you know, I am, I am not a baseball fan the way I used to be. I didn't watch the game at all. However, I opened, anytime I opened my Twitter app when the game was on, I could count on within, I would say, maybe two finger swipes running into can't take this A-Rod shit anymore, flipping over to the stat cast. Uh-huh. You know, and and I wrote that piece about uh, about a Rod uh, a while back, and I think that a lot of what I had said in that piece kind of came through in the uh, in in the broadcast because yeah. I'm not sure what game a Rod was watching. I'm not sure that he made sense in anything that he said. <laughs> right, it's a bully bully offense. This is not a football game. You're not taking it to anybody. Yeah. How much longer are they going to subject us to that crap? Because so let me ask you this, because as you and I are talking on Thursday, uh, yesterday we found out Matt Vaskersian has sort of tipped his hat and said that he is done with Sunday Night Baseball. ESPN, the reports are they'd very much like to bring A-Rod back. You know, Christopher Mad Dog Russo had quite the rant about him uh, yesterday on Sirius XM, and, and he made a really good point. Like he said, I'm a guy that does a show on MLB Network every day of the year, winter included, and I have never met anyone that came up to me and said, hey, you're too rough on A-Rod. He's actually pretty good. You know, it's it's like the uh, the movie Private Parts, you know, when you when you talk about Howard Stern. <laughs> right. And the, the people that hate him listen longer, you know, because they want to hear what he's going to say next so they can bitch about it, right? Right. I think that's kind of where A-Rod fits in this whole mess. But Do you think so, though? Because the Howard Stern thing was what I don't like that he says is interesting. I, I don't I don't know that A-Rod sort of threads that needle exactly. Yeah, touche, touche. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think it's I think it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, that the car accident on the freeway. You, know, you, you, you drive <laughs> right. by it and you, you really don't want to look, but you end up looking and you slow down and you it's it's so bad that sometimes it's it's funny. But right. To me, at this point, it's gotten to the point where it's not really funny anymore. And 
I don't know if ESPN was trying to drive traffic to their their uh, secondary broadcast. Who knows? I mean, and, you know, and a guy like Matt Vasgersian, I've known for a long time, he's a pro. I mean, but you have to have somebody sitting next to you that gets that too. I mean, mm. I'm sure in the end of the at the end of the day, he was frustrated by that too. All right, that is going to do it for me this week. I did not realize how bad uh, my voice sounds. It, I'm not feeling bad. I, I guess my voice is just a little weak. I've been talking too much. As for next week, like I said, we're going to keep an eye on what goes on with Sage Steele at ESPN. Also, as we learn more about the deal ESPN has with Bomani Jones for, I, I guess, audio only, maybe a few guest appearances. Obviously, that is changing as he is signed with HBO. We'll bring you stories about that next week. Talk to you then. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com. 